When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, welcome back to another episode of Rock and Reacts. And unfortunately, for the first time this basketball season after a loss, uh, Mizzou fell to the visiting Memphis Tigers, 70 to 55 tonight. Uh, we'll, we'll break it all down, but we saw first half initially, kind of an offensive explosion of sorts from Mizzou. Passing was crisp, floor spacing looked great. Memphis kind of looked out of sync uh, with the tempo that Mizzou had. Crowd was really behind the team and they held, it was, I believe it was a 14, 16 point advantage at one point in that first half Mizzou did. Mm -hmm. um, and the game really looked like it was Mizzou's to lose. Obviously things change. Gates referenced post game that the middle eight being very big. The end of that first half was Memphis really dominated and they carried that through the rest of the game. Mizzou got cold from the floor, kind of dominated on the interior as well. 38 to 20 points in the paint in Memphis's favor. Um, also, in, uh, I forget the exact number, but over 10 uh, plus rebounding advantage as well tonight. So uh, fairly, I mean, first and foremost, Memphis looked like an NCAA tournament caliber team through and through incredibly talented. They're their trio of transfer guards. They've got bigs um, athletically. They have no weaknesses, frankly. They're fast, strong, uh, got wingspan, um, jumping ability, et cetera. So and kind of looking at and digesting this loss very early season. Mizzou didn't play a game like this last season, early, early on. They really got hit in the mouth like this against Kansas uh, come December. So there's there's pros and cons to take away from this. We'll start early in the game. That initial burst offensively, Sean East had 14 first half points. Um, you saw the ball was being spread around. Memphis was kind of playing catch up. Just what were your biggest takeaways from what you saw of what might have been the ceiling of this Missouri offense and, and just kind of what you saw from that? It was really great. Um, the offense was it was crisp. It was sharp. Um, it was what the ideal version of Mizzou basketball is. Um, very free flowing. Um, tons of off ball movement. Very smart passing. Uh not necessarily five out, but all five guys being threats from beyond the arc, mm -hmm. uh, putting a lot of pressure on defenses. Um, you talked about Shawnee's 14 first half points, uh, made five of his first seven shots. He, what I was so impressed about his performance was his confidence. Mm -hmm. um, he had been confident in the past. Last season, confidence was a big part of his game, but it led to very suboptimal decisions. Mm -hmm. um, this season, his decision making has been a lot better, and it's led to points. There were there was one play that really stood out to me. It was uh, he was got a, it was a pick and roll at the top of the key, and Memphis. I, I couldn't tell whether they were trying to switch or stay, but basically East caught them in a transition period of them trying to figure out who each other were going to guard, mm -hmm. and drove right down the middle of the lane, scored, and that's him taking advantage of an advantageous matchup yeah. and attacking the basket with ferocity, and just like the UAPB game. When he drove to the basket, he was not contact averse. He was actually, most of the time, the one initiating the contact, which is a huge development from last season. Um, but in the second half, uh, both, actually, head coaches mentioned um, how he's got a quicker defender put on him in uh, mm -hmm. Caleb Mills, and that really helped thwart um He's hopefully continuing uh, his promising first half performance. Obviously, got shut out mm -hmm. in the second half, um, but 
the offense that was there from Mizzou in the first half where everything seemed to be clicking, everybody was moving with purpose, the ball was moving with purpose, completely disappeared in the second half. Um, Memphis looked like they were literally the bigger team for the entire game, but for the entirety of the second half, they actually looked like a bigger team, and it was affecting the way Mizzou was playing. Yeah, I think bringing it back to your point about the confidence thing, at least, I mean, to, to, to bring a personal example into this, as a former basketball player, I will always argue that confidence is the best attribute any player can have and especially confidence that comes from your coaching staff and your teammates that they trust you to shoot the ball attack on your own they're not you know cringing on the bench when you try to you know take a guy one-on-one you know and that seemed like from last year when shawnee's third third on the team in turnovers he had some rough moments played generally behind nick honor it seems like this team dennis gates has handed him the keys to this offense for for all purposes um intents and purposes and I really think he is excelling just being able to create more on his own. He's physically, as you mentioned, I think stronger A, but yes, initiating more contact, which is enabling him to finish over much larger defenders, which has been great so far. But yeah, as you mentioned, uh, Rick Stainsbury talked about it post game, how small ball lineup in the second half for Memphis really worked. Caleb Mills, who, uh, I mean, he led the team with rebounds in their first game uh, Mills did for Memphis. So that just shows what kind of an athlete he is. He's incredibly quick, got great length with his wingspan. Um, and he, he was a really perfect matchup for Shawnee. He's a great adjustment by Stansbury, really, to, to do that and shutting him out in the second half. So, yeah, and looking at how the rest of that game went, you saw Missouri's offense completely out of sync. I think you you can relate it a lot to last season's team, how there were moments um, where it, it, shooting went cold, and that happens for every team in the country at, at multiple times throughout the season. This team just didn't have an that team didn't have an answer when they got cold. And you saw it again in games like Texas AM, Florida, et cetera, outside of maybe going to Kobe Brown and letting him just go to work. And he did help them at some point. You don't have Kobe Brown this season to be that equalizer uh, when your team needs a bucket and they just can't seem to get it. Sean East can be that guy at this rate, but it, it's it's got to be consistent in the second half. He, he was obviously shut down. So in going forward, just how do you see this team developing from this and being able to overcome some of these cold slumps? Because at the end of the day, while this Gates offense works well, and this is the con of it, you can't just be a team that's all or nothing. If we shoot poorly, we are automatically losing the game and it's going to be ugly. You know, you've got to have something to offset that. So what could that be for this team? Um, I just think continuing to move with purpose on offense. It looked like Mizzou got sped up once they got down. And the last thing you want is for a small lead to snowball. And that's kind of what happened in this game, even though mm, I kind of call it a slow death uh, mm -hmm. more than a snowball. But um, yeah, as you said, this is the con of a, of a Princeton offense. Um, I guess, thankfully for games of the future, if they find themselves in a similar scenario, it's a faster version mm -hmm. of the Princeton offense uh, with how quickly they play in transition, how much they want to get up and down the court as quickly as possible. Um, but at the same time, Mizzou kind of got away from what was working in the first half uh, when they got down. Uh, you saw a lot more on-ball pick-and-rolls. Um, you saw a lot more iso ball. Um, you just didn't see a, a ton of off-ball movement. You didn't see a ton of opportunities being created um, from everywhere around the ball. And that's where the absence of Kobe Brown really hurts. Um, and I think it's great for Mizzou that they're unpredictable. A lot of different guys can be the leading scorer on every given night. Um, but at the same time, when you're in not necessarily panic mode, but please help, we need lots of baskets very quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mizzou doesn't, at least for now, doesn't seem to have that guy. Mm -hmm. um, so 
I just think sticking to their identity, sticking to what gets them big leads in the first place, sticking to what got them the lead uh, mm -hmm. in the first half, I think is going to be crucial going forward. And what got them there, you look at the difference between first and second half. You look at the stats, I mean, it was six deals in the first half versus I believe it was two in the second half. You had um, five, uh, five assists, I believe, five or six assists in that first half, which still isn't a number that Gates would love only three in that second half. I mean, those are two things that Mizzou consistently uh, creates offense out of its defense. You didn't get those live ball turnovers in the second half that they're so accustomed to, and you weren't passing it as well. Some of that comes back to not being able to hit some of those open shots and therefore not registering those assists. But still, at the end of the day, I think this team got hit in the mouth for the first time. They saw what happens when things aren't clicking, and they, they realize now going forward – a, I think this team better knows kind of how to play for each other and for Gates coming out of this game. I think regardless, going into this game and after the game, both coaches were talking about how we were going to learn a ton about our, about our respective teams from this, and man, are we going to be able to develop really early in the season because of this game. Both teams have a lot to take away. I think both sides really learned a lot um, kind of in, in different ways about each other, but yeah, I think it was it was a lot of that. A lot of the physicality you saw in last season, Mizzou was undersized, consistently out-rebounded. Obviously, Connor Vanover isn't playing yet, but you saw the rebounding advantage starkly in Memphis's favor. I believe they had 11 offensive boards tonight, which created a fair amount of second-chance points for them. Um, points in the paint advantage was also hugely in Memphis's favor. So kind of la last thing I did want to ask you about is just the – is that is that fine for this Dennis for Dennis Gates and Mizzou? Is this a recipe for success? You know, you're not going to be the biggest, and you're not going to be out rebounding everybody. That's just not how Mizzou works. Their offensive style may not play into that. Is that something that you can win championships with, or are they going to be have to become more well balanced in kind of how they approach that? <sighs> you can get me in trouble. Um, <laughs> do I think they're a championship team? Um, no comment. Um, I think the best thing you can do is just make the most out of what you have. Um, and as you said, Mizzou is not a very big team, mm -hmm. even with the transfer portal additions of Connor Vanover, even with Mavorme Jack returning. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes, they're probably not going to win the rebound battle. Mm -hmm. um, they have to find other ways to win. Um, and honestly, in, in all sports, Eli Drinkwitz says it all the time, finding ways to win. Um, look at the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers. I swear they're good at nothing except winning the football game. Yep. They find a way in the end. Um, so I think this is a, a this is totally fine. I think a loss this early in the season is totally fine um, because mm -hmm. Coach Gates said in the press conference, is this a loss or a learning experience? Yep. And the best thing Mizzou can do right now at this point in the season is have this be a learning experience. Um, you, you get punched in the mouth, get a swift kick in the teeth. Mm -hmm. Cool. You learn from it. Um so I think they will learn from it. I think that the fact that they have a lot of veteran leaders mm -hmm. and a coach that seems to know how to rally the troops and is very level-headed and rational and honest in what Mizzou needs to get better at. Um, I like their prospects going forward. Uh, I would envision Monday against SIUE is going to be a sort of get-right game. Mm -hmm. um, take everything that they didn't do well tonight and make it look a lot better on Monday. Uh, so by the time they get to the... Minnesota, even the heck, even the Minnesotas, the Pitts, mm -hmm. the Kansases, those screws will have been tightened uh, because, again, they learned. Yeah. A, a nice little kick in the butt is is never a bad thing. Exactly. Because, again, that's how you learn, not just in sports, but 
in life. Exactly. Very true. Look, look at you being all, all wholesome and relating it to, to overall <laughs> life lessons. But yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I mean, Memphis, A, you could argue is going to be one of, if not potentially the most talented team Mizzou will play all season. Ah, taking out taking Kansas out of that mix. But <laughs> very good catch. Taking, very good taking catch. Kansas out of that mix. Memphis might be the most talented team you play all season, and they also have a very good argument to be the most athletically just dominant and freakish team that you play all season based on who they were throwing out there. Mm-hmm. So you take that, you take a game in which this was a environment-wise and in terms of the two teams on the floor, this was an NCAA tournament caliber game. You lost it, sure, but you learned a lot about how your team fares in blockbuster matchups like this through this one. That's going to pay dividends come February, March, and potentially April, as they talk about so frequently getting to getting to Phoenix this year. So, yeah, you kind of delved into it a little bit. But, yeah, looking ahead, you've got SAU Edwardsville, uh, one of only a handful of non-conference teams. Mizzou also played last season uh, on Monday night, and then the Twin Cities on Thursday against Minnesota. Before non-conference play, you return home for a three-game homestand, and then that month of December, you've got a lot of tough tests. Next week in that two-game stand, you, you already talked about Monday being a get-right game. What does that look like? And then secondly, how does Mizzou fix things enough to then go on the road to a hostile environment at the barn to play a Minnesota team that just dropped 102 points on UTSA tonight and is going to come in there with with plenty of offense to to boot? Um, Keep practicing the good habits that lead to success. Um, I think you look at the Arkansas Pine Bluff game, for example. Um, There were a lot of really great things, even though, yes, they fouled a lot. Um, They allowed two 30-plus point scorers. But at the same time, they did a lot of things that are translatable against mm-hmm. higher level teams. Mostly, again, off-ball movement, purposeful off-ball movement. You saw floppy action. You saw elevator screens. You saw flare screens with a bunch of different players in a bunch of different positions all succeeding at a high level. Um, so I think you're going to see a lot of that on Monday, a lot of experimenting because, th- A, this early in the season against – an opponent like SIUE that Mizzou mm-hmm. should beat by a good bit. Um, you just want to see good habits being formed. Mm-hmm. And that's continuing to be successful at a, a difficult offense to learn. Yeah. Um, as, and it's even harder when you have as many new players as Mizzou has. So them continuing to look comfortable uh, in, a new, in a new offense, uh, like specifically just one person I want to see have a better game is Jesus Carolero. Mm-hmm. Um, really struggled tonight. Yeah. He only had two turnovers on the stat sheet, but it felt like a little bit more. Could have been more. Um, he forced the issue a, a couple of times on some backdoor passes. Obviously, mm-hmm. that was so it was so great in the first game, uh, which included a no-looker. They all yeah. worked. He had, a, a, I think, a 100% success rate on backdoor passes. Yeah. Um, teams watch film. He had a, yeah, teams watch film. Memphis really honed in on it. They mm-hmm. were, did a really good job of clogging passing lanes, yeah. uh, ones that were very open against UAPB. Mm-hmm. And he was able to fit one in against uh, to Noah Carter, but yeah. Carter missed the layup. That was another big issue that I'm really surprised we haven't touched on yet. Mizzou really struggled around the rim, yeah. including Carolero. Uh, that missed layup towards the end of the yeah. game, I think, is what really summed up the night for Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing in between uh, him and the basket was uh, his imagination, and yeah. his imagination got the best of him. Yeah. So um, I just think continuing to practice good habits, I think that starts on the offensive end um, mm-hmm. because I think defensively, yeah, I know Coach Gates said that he, he talks about it all the time how those two um, sort of interrelate. Mm-hmm. And if they're not doing well on one end, it makes performing on the other end more difficult. But uh, the one thing I want to see the most is the offense continuing to look coherent and then generating open looks because that completely disappeared in the second half tonight. Yeah. 
Entirely, yeah, entirely agree. I think just to wrap it up a bit, the point on Jesus Carlero Martin, um, I just think, yeah, he has, in that first game, you saw the type of player he was. He flashed it all. Um, and I think, A, Memphis realized that and, and knew the type of player he was. He is incredibly pass-first, probably the most pass-first player on this team, which is fine. There's plenty of players that make a living off of that, and he's an, he sees things that other players can't, and he has the ability to, from any arm angle, really make those passes. But when opposing teams know that you are pass-first, you have to also prove to them that you are a threat to score. Martinez not done that yet, and, and you saw that tonight. He looked even like, I mean, on that layup, he didn't look comfortable even just being wide open kind of in front of the rim, and he needs to really kind of come along in terms of offensively being more balanced as opposed to the team at Memphis just seeing, all right, he's got the ball, close off all passing lanes, and we're fine. Yeah, I think um, if you look at another European big man, I think what makes Nikola Jokic so incredibly dangerous and a probable top 15 all-time player mm -hmm. is that he can do everything, including scoring. If a backdoor cut isn't open, if a kickout isn't open, he can put the ball on the floor and be like, all right, fine, I'll just score. <laughs> Whereas Jesus Carolero, now Nikola Jokic is not the expectation Nikola Jokic shouldn't be the expectation for anybody. Yeah. But when a backdoor cut isn't there, when a kickout isn't there, when a secondary option isn't there, it looks like when all those options are out, it's like, ah, uh, fine. <laughs> like I, I guess, I guess uh, I don't. I don't feel too comfortable. Like you could see there was hesitance. Yeah. You can see there was um, a, a lack of willingness to put the ball on the floor and try to get his own. Mm -hmm. Um, so if that part of his game can develop, great. Um, but for now, it, that lack of willingness to put the ball on the floor makes him a little easier to defend. Yeah, and I mean, that's part of his development. It's a guy that, I mean, last season, he had the great 2021 through 22 campaign at Campbell. Last season was injured for, for a lot of his season. And so he's, he's generally getting back in the swing, and uh, he moved up to a much higher level of basketball as well. So it's going to be a developmental process with him. As it is for a lot of the players, John Tanjay got in for the first time this season, but only for a handful of minutes. He's still clearly kind of getting back into the flow of things, uh, and he'll kind of continue to see an enlarged role, as you would expect as weeks go on. Vanover, he can return against Minnesota. I'm very interested to see how much he does play in that first game, is he, if he's going to be up to speed, and if Gates... Gates, at least knowing him as a coach from my perspective, is generally the type of guy that slowly works his guys back into the rotation to where they really feel comfortable as opposed to throwing them back into the fire. I feel like that's how it'll work with Vanover. And last thing I want to point out was all three of those, Trent Pierce, Jordan Butler, Anthony Robinson, all got fairly major minutes tonight, at least in key scenarios. Anthony Robinson especially, I was impressed with just with how he was so up to the challenge of he was checking Quinterly full court. Uh, on the perimeter, he was really in his grill. He was rebounding well. He, he's while he's a slider frame, he's very physical with how he how he plays, especially as a freshman. That's going to really work well for him as time goes on. Um, again, still plenty of freshman mistakes up there. I thought Trent Pierce probably forced a couple of three point shots that he really didn't need to check out. Uh, I, uh, I would disagree. I thought those were pretty good shots. He saw an open look and he took it. He had and two that were contested. He. Uh, could have got a better look. Could have got a better look. When you were down I, by seven. I thought that was a fine. I, I thought that was a fine look. How many has he made this season, though? Okay, zero. But that's not what matters right now. Uh, what matters right now is the fact that he was confident enough to take it, and he wasn't completely off. True. Um, and right now, with the freshman, the I think the last thing you want to see is the moment 
being too big for him. Very true. And that was definitely not the case with, I think, really any of them, Jordan Butler included, mm-hmm. uh, even though he played, I think, like two minutes tonight. Um, yeah. But Trent Pierce and Anthony Robinson, I think those look totally fine. Trent Pierce made a nice defensive play. He did. Um, Anthony Robinson made f- all five of his free throws. Mm-hmm. Um, look confident. Drew Again, that foul. Yeah, yeah drew great. a foul on a three-pointer. Um, also, Barry, I was about to say, on, on another play, too, against, I believe it was against Quinterly, he, like, saw that Quinterly was coming into him, threw his head back, drew the foul, and that was just a veteran move I've ever seen one from from such a young guy. Yeah, the, so, moment, yeah. Didn't, the moment didn't look too big for him. Mm-hmm. And, again, I don't think what matters is uh, the fact that they didn't make any of the threes they took. What matters mm-hmm. is that they took the threes in the first place, yeah. that they took those chances in the first place, and they looked like they belonged. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's really what matters right now, I think. And I think what you've got, you know, next year, obviously, Mizzou signed number two class in the country, or at least as of now, number two class in the country um, earlier this week. With Pierce, Butler, and Robinson being able to get so much run, you're going to lose a hand, a good amount of veterans next year. Those three are kind of going to be some of your, I mean, at least somewhat of your leaders next year on the team, having been a year in the system. So that it's it's really great they're being able to play so much early, and they're going to be able to bring along this next class of freshmen probably with them. Um, but with that being said, yeah, we will be back Monday, uh, Southern Illinois, Edwardsville at Mizzou Arena, uh, 6 p.m. Central Time, 7 p.m. Central Time. Yes, 7 p.m. Central Time. Dinner, dinner Time, Central Time. Yes. I think that covers most dinner times. Yeah, so. sounds good. Around when you're <laughs> eating dinner, they're going to be playing basketball at Mizzou Arena. But we'll be back for another episode uh, of Rock and Reacts following that game. Uh, and we will see you guys next week from there. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Rock M Radio, a proud partner of Fans First Sports Network. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to see more just like it beamed directly into your personal device, just click the subscribe button below. Uh, and you can find this podcast through the Apple Podcast app or for iPhone or the Google Podcast app for Android or whatever app you use to listen to your podcast. Uh, we are also available on Spotify. Just search for Rock M Radio. Uh, and if you like other sports, Fans First Sports Network uh, is a podcast network that has uh, coverage of all other teams, Major League Baseball, uh, MLS, uh, NFL, whatever you want uh, to listen and, and read about. It is a great, great network full of really fantastic podcasts. So look them up and subscribe uh, to any and all of those podcasts. Uh, Rock M Radio will be back with more episodes coming soon. Thanks. Thank you.